0: This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, it's rivalry week in the NLL as all 15 teams take to the turf as the race for the playoffs continue. Cam Dunkley made his second pro start and got his second pro win as the riptide continue to roll. And we talk about the trade deadline, who will do what, come Monday. All that more on OTCB. Jenner and boy, have we got an absolute beauty for you tonight. Shriver moves it to Keogh. Just scores!
1: Steve Keogh rolling in Rock City. Have a night, Stephen Keogh. It's his fourth. And once again, too much time, too much space. Great ball movement by Vancouver here. Martell behind the back again. They fit it in. in his second goal on the power play tonight. Those two former teammates going back to back, and there's 500. Dane Toby behind the back, and he joins an elite class of seven in the NLL. If you're going to score your 500th goal, why not do it in style?
0: They had an empty net, they had a man advantage. You're gonna have to try to force a turnover Could here. Could be the dagger, there
1: it is.
0: You You'll wonder if that'll lock it up. Dan Coates on the goal. Dan on the Welcome goal, back goal. into the fray.
1: Davis Allen trying to stop O'Connor who beats Higgins. And Riley O'Connor got the feet for the teeth side and deposits his second tonight. And the riptide lead by three. 55 seconds into the fourth.
2: Are you kidding me, Jeff T? That behind the back feed to a streaking Riley O'Connor was a thing of beauty.
0: The pick for Dutch, Dutch goes up top, and there was another shot, big ricochet, in like the previous goal for Colorado, I thought there might be a chance there. There's a shot that just fires past Carlson. Zach Courier sends the heat and gets the 10th goal of the night, 10th goal of the half for Calgary now with ten to shoot back to Byrne he's got Cloutier with him there's Byrne to Cloutier. Cloutier fakes takes a shot. Scores. Inspector Cloutier with the game winner. Nothing like a John Gertler overtime game winning goal call as Inspector Clouche helps the Buffalo Bandits come all the way back again. What's that? Like five of their last six wins Crazy. have all been comeback wins, and they are atop the East with the Toronto Rock. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash podcast network, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, wherever. You get your ear madness. He's Pat Gregoire. Find him on Twitter at Greggy. I'm Teddy Jenner at Teddy Jenner. The show at OTCB underscore podcast. Or find us on the Instas at OTCB podcast. Patty, what is going on? Happy week 16. Happy week
1: 16. Happy March Madness. Happy start of the best or one of the best next couple months uh, in the sporting calendar i'm i'm fired up it's gonna be a great weekend st patty's day as you mentioned there's some st patty's themes going across the league some cool jerseys i'm headed to halifax i think the nest will be buzzing for st patty's
0: so i'm excited uh you saw the buffalo bandits jerseys chefs right
1: um, oh absolutely those are so nice i mean I, the band it's full disclosure i think like the bandits, just their regular um throwbacks i mean they're what they've been wearing for the last few years but they are the throwbacks to their first uh set of unis i love them they're gorgeous you yeah. had a wrinkle of st patrick's day with the shamrock the green the orange just beautiful beautiful sweater
0: um Keeping with the Irish theme, a bit of a bad look for my alma mater, Mercyhurst College slash University this week with the Carson, sorry, of the Carson Briere news going on. Um, what do you make of these sort of situations? Like full disclosure, people don't know Carson Briere, the son of NHL GM Danny Briere, was uh, at Arizona State, had some issues, transferred to Mercyhurst. Uh, And was caught on camera this weekend at a bar called Sullivan's in downtown Erie. Um, And just dudes being dudes, unfortunately having some laughs, having some beers and then thought it'd be funny to push a young lady's wheelchair down a set of stairs. Um, We just gotta be better. Like I understand kids do stupid shit when they're drunk and, and they're having fun and they're in a group, but It's just so tough to watch men continually do stupid things like this. And when it's a student athlete, it gets even worse. When it's your alma mater, it it stings. And then when you see Mercier's kind of put out these kind of basic blanket statements and then they get dragged through the mud, it's just a tough look for everybody. And hopefully the right thing gets done. And I know they've put all three players on indefinite suspension but um maybe the best part about this whole story is the girl's like i i don't want the money there's like almost 10 grand raised for her on a gofundme to help her with her wheelchair and she's like i don't want the money I, I would rather donate it so you know i i don't know why i wanted to bring this up it's just kind of stuck out in my head that you know being a mercier or I always wave the flag but I can't not look past this because this is just a gross, gross moment for the university and, and for a young man who has had some troubles already along the way.
1: I think it just kind of goes to the root of, of hockey and I mean, lacrosse isn't immune to it either. All sports aren't immune to it, that there is a, a culture problem with a lot of these young men that think they're you know untouchable and think they're invincible and, and they think that there aren't any consequences or they're above the law and it needs to change uh, we're seeing inc- incidents like this and even worse incidents going back to to hockey canada the debacle yeah. that was of you know that we were learning all the news from years ago just months ago and um something needs to be changed and and it has to start at the top and to see the response from mercyhurst is pretty um you know, pretty disappointing. And I'm not trying to put the sexual uh, assault allegations of hockey Canada in the same breath as this. I know I am technically, but uh, it still just goes young athletes thinking that they're, you know, they're above it and and it needs to be changed and it has to start from the top. And, and I hope we see um, some institutions, um, governing bodies take incidents like this more serious
0: yeah and then the the big comments were you know the initial post from Mercier was like oh we're gonna do our investigation and we could blah 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 like everyone's like it's on video it's right there like you can play his day see what he did um and it's it's not enough just to say our thoughts and prayers and things like that like let, let's just stop using that as our initial scapegoat and just get right into the fact that these guys did something stupid. Let's give them their just punishment. They don't need to be hung up on crosses or burned at the stake or anything like that. But if you're going to suspend them or kick them out of school, whatever it may be, then so be it. But let's just not use the blanket and the safety net of our thoughts and prayers with those affected because, you know, in in a situation like this, it it doesn't really help. So um, hopefully for Carson Breer, he gets, you know, set on the right path, hopefully for Mercyhurst they can do the right thing, and for this young lady, uh, she can get on with living her life as the best way she can as a young student, uh, just having fun at a bar on St. Patty's Day. Um, so uh, wish her all the best, but just a tough look for the Lakers on what was a good day, you know, we get ranked number two in the nation, it was Merciers Giving Day, where alumni were donating, um, it was just a, a tough day for Mercyhurst. So but let's get to the good stuff. Um, player of the week, Ryan Martell, five goals, three assists, as the Vancouver Warriors win their second in a row. And then rookie of the year, Clark Walter, best mustache going in the NLL. He goes five and one for rookie of the week, which was the better performance for you?
1: This one's tough because uh, what we saw from (laughs) Martell was impressive. And we're now really starting to see a skilled, promising player live up to kind of what we expected from him based off his results in junior. And I think the big thing for him was confidence and opportunity. This is a guy that's been kind of playing a transition role for the last, you know, year and a half. And now he gets the opportunity with, you know, a star player getting traded uh, another key piece in the franchise going down with an injury with Mitch Jones and Logan Chess, respectively. And he comes out and has a great game. And it's not just this game. Against Saskatchewan, yeah, he didn't put up huge numbers, but he was a big part in that game. I'm forgetting the game before that. Um, the that they played game, yeah. The cool. Calgary game. He had two goals, but talking to Keegan Ball, talking to a lot of people, uh, a lot of players on that offense um, leading up to that Saskatchewan game, um, and the entire coaching staff really said, we thought Martel was our best player. Uh, yeah. just based off all the little things he he did and he does now it's the points are starting to fall and now the the, the results are starting to come because he's always worried about the little things and troy accordingly said like that's that's something that he was preaching is like let's let's take care of the little things that we can those little battles are going to eventually turn into to big wins the little wins in the game turn into the big ones and that's certainly the case on the flip side with walter i think it's even more impressive because you know he comes into the lineup pretty much cool turkey i know we've seen him used here and there this season but it comes into the lineup it's against a top team in san diego and the majority of the heavy lifting came in the second half to help really catapult them back into the game when they looked uninspired for, what, three quarters of that game? Mm-hmm. Um, and to have a rookie, the one that is the spark plug, plug for the offense, considering all the great pieces they have up front, I think that's even more impressive for me. Both very admirable. Yeah, I know Martel yeah. had more points, but if I had to say... I'd say the rookie going out in five and one and almost willing his team to victory is probably the more. Yeah, impressive. And I think
0: that was, you know, the Martell eight point night was sort of in a resounding victory. That by too. the Denver Warriors, the San Diego, you know, they, uh, the Saskatchewan San Diego game, the rush were battling back and battling back. and Like you said, Clark Walter was the real catalyst of that. And when you see a young rookie, uh, kind of having that kind of impact in a game when you would expect it to be a Church or a Matthews or a Lintner. Um, nobody really stepped up for that group. was there one goal between, you know, their big five guys. You know, Denzel wasn't playing, but, you know, Church, Matthews, Lintner, Madronic. Like, there was one goal between all those guys. So to see Clark Walter have that kind of game and step up really solidified him into the lineup. And I think we'll talk about it down the road, but probably – Solidified Derek Keenan's mind that they could move on from Marshall Palace. So, um, those are your players of the week in the National Lacrosse League Week 15. Um, great story coming out of Vegas as they will continue the Tucker Out Lymphoma Night uh, on March 25th. Is obviously one of the best nights in the National Lacrosse League. Um, usually it was done in Buffalo, but obviously now with Willie in Vegas, they're going to continue the tradition. Um, it is going to be an incredible night and I think this is one of the best nights in the National League.
1: It's an emotional night it's it's a special night. It's a night to celebrate mm-hmm. Tucker. It's a night to celebrate um, the legacy that he's le- left and and to help others that are going through battles that 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 Tucker endured and um, I had a feeling when when Willie took this job that there would be something like this. It's pretty cool that Buffalo obviously hands over the keys, but uh, schedule makers, listen up, please, <laughs> please, please, please. Um, let's have Buffalo play in Vegas next year so they can play ah. against Buffalo. I think that would be awesome. Or, I think bu- be really or Vegas cool. in Buffalo. Yep, Yeah, that could either, work. Either or, either or, either uh, or, I think that I think that'd be awesome. But uh, the jerseys are awesome. Um, they're already up. Uh, online if you go to their social media um you can bid on them and it's pretty cool the starting bid starts with um 151 yeah 51 so good. so i think i might be putting a bid on on one of those jerseys for sure they look great um this year even more um lime green which is the color of of lymphoma awareness uh mm-hmm. cancer um so i I'm, I'm going to be putting a bid in. I'm not usually a Jersey guy, but this is a special Jersey that uh, holds a lot to my heart. So uh, I'll are be you gonna putting gonna a go bit Indiana
0: for sure. Or which way are you going to go?
1: Oh, I'm not going to be able to afford that Jersey. <laughs> that one's going to be way too much money. I'll try. I'll get away for from, from my rider. Griffin Hall <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll put the feelers out there.
0: Uh, a couple of big milestones uh, over the past few weeks. Obviously, uh, Dan Doss, me and the second player to ever get to 1500 a few weeks ago. Uh, Dane Doby this past weekend getting the 500 club. Ryan Banesh got there last weekend. It's it's unbelievable to see some of the milestones these long-time players are reaching. The next guys that are creeping on 500, Curtis Dixon's at 486. He should get there this year. Sean Evans, 472, probably a little out of the reach. And Callum Crawford at 449. So some other players reaching... Massive milestones. But if you're playing Dane Doby and you triple team him shorthanded, you cannot allow him to get through you, run to open space, and score that offside backhander to the Farlow corner. Like, I, I, I'm sure Jimmy Quinn was just shaking his head at that moment. Like, is this the kind of night it's going to be for us?
1: almost like you could kind of just feel the anticipation yeah. growing and um it almost made it that much more although it did not almost it made it more special that it was a, a ridiculous Dobie goal in doby fashion and and the fact he scores it that way just made it even more special the fact that i know obviously it would have been great in san diego but he's just played such a a, a great like villain role in yeah away arenas his entire career after getting the crap beaten out of him. um it just it was a pitcher perfect um way to cap off number 500
0: which which evil character is he most like like is he a joker is he a bane is he I do- like like which character is which evil character is he in all these away games
1: i hope He's not, I mean, I would love him to be a listener. I hope he's not. I don't think he is. But when <laughs> he, he says that, I was thinking, here. the Penguin, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: going to get to him. It's going to get to he him. He may not be a listener, but that's going to get to him.
1: But in all seriousness, I think it's everything. I think it, I think it is the Joker because he's got the smile on his face. Um, you know, I think you could compare him to Darth Vader because – you know he is the you know he's the force like i i I truly believe that he's he is as much as a villain as he is on the floor like um you know he's such a super nice guy he's if you have him on your team you absolutely love him but if you're in an arena and San Diego or Calgary whatever team he was playing for comes into that arena you knew it was you're in for a long night and you were going to be booing them and and cheering against them and he loved that he absolutely yeah. loves it and and continues to love it he thrives
0: off it like the the booing and jeering is like his anti kryptonite I don't know what yes. I don't know what that is I don't know what anti kryptonite is but
1: it's the yeah. Off. Yeah, absolutely
0: um, all right, let's look back quickly at week 15. It was an incredible one. Uh, Halifax at Buffalo, the return of Josh Byrne and Chris Cluche. They go for seven goals and 14 points. Um, it is scary to think that they've just gotten those two guys back and healthy, and this team is going to start to go on a roll, I think. Um, that, that's a definite scary prospect for the rest of the East and the national crossing, but a massive loss. You said it in one of our group chats a blown opportunity for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Really was, you know, the week before,
1: they felt like they let it slip through their hands with that collapse in the fourth quarter, allowing Buffalo to to will their way to victory and not having Cloutier and Byrne in the lineup. They felt like, yes, this, this is going to be even easier or even tougher going into Banditland and possibly those guys coming back. Well, they were right. They do come back, but they still managed to hold Buffalo to nine goals in regulation Mm -hmm. it's like the recipe was there but again it was just a small lull where the offense goes cold and the defense is only able to hold on for so long um really really unfortunate blow especially when you consider which we'll get to philadelphia dropping a game they could have made up some ground they could have had faith back in their hands now the next stretch, obviously. Toronto's tough this week. I know the schedule gets a little bit easier, but playoffs
0: are almost basically starting now. Yeah, for it's Alabama. the run. It's the run. Like, we're, we're week 16. We're, we're the last third of the season. you got to be playing your best lacrosse right now over the next six, seven weeks uh, heading into that postseason run if, if you're going to do any damage. Uh, Calgary at Colorado. Colorado just... What was the Grand Perro put out his tweet? There has been three teams that have missed the playoffs after winning a championship. Uh, Colorado kind of on the verge of becoming the fourth team to do that. Uh, the Mammoth gets seven goals in transition. Mitch Wild with a pair. Zach Courier with a pair. It, it's still the best transition game in the National Crossing. But what do you make of this Colorado team? Is it just a case of just the... I don't I'm not using the hangover thing because that's obviously not it but they just went through all of last year with that emotion and all the injuries and winning the championship and then this year you know if they get off to a slow start they find their way then the injury bug hits them again it's is it too big of a mountain for them to climb right now
1: it isn't because what we saw for them in the NLL finals last year I think they can deal with it I just um I think a big part of that as well. We got to keep in mind Saskatchewan certainly looking sketchy as well. Um, and with the crossover game kind of being back into this, it, it does make things a little more difficult, but I'm not counting them out yet. Maybe have a conversation a couple of weeks. Then I think, I think that's the case. Um, but certainly I know it was 16, 10 was the final, but, um, yeah. But that wasn't a, a six goal game. And I know a six goal game is not even close. Like it was, it was as close as a blowout as you can get to a blowout.
0: Yeah. They're five and six. Saskatchewan's five and six. Uh, so they're tied for fourth in the West. Halifax is five and seven in the East. So those two teams have a game in hand over Halifax. But like you said, that, and I hate it. And this is, we won't spoil coast to coast this week, but. Man, if that wild card comes into play again, I am going to throw something at the wall. I want <laughs> four and four. Uh, so do Saturday. I. What's that? I said, so do I. All right, the Saturday games, uh, All-Starts Albany, Toronto, TSN game of the week. You were there along with our boy Johnny Abbott and Ashley Dock, docking the Rock Cruise as Nick Rose holds another team to single digits the seventh time this year. I know we continually talk about Christian Del Bianco is a goaltender of the year, but we got to start putting Nick Rose's name in that conversation and some respect on the man's name.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know there's a debate out there, Teddy, that goals against average isn't a true goaltender stat, which I understand obviously Mm -hmm. a lot goes into the defense in front, which is great. Um, But honestly, it's, it's, it's remarkable um, to see the numbers, that he's putting up each and every game, the amount of goals that he's allowing. And if you look at it, like he's on pace to have one of the best goals against averages. I think, I think since bold one of his year, I should, have, I should have pulled this up before bringing it up sick podcasting, Pat. but <laughs> it is one of the best goals against average for a starting goalie that we've seen in many years. And a couple of blips on the radar um, could have had him, Actually, succeeding that and and exp- and having an even better um, output, but again, no doubt, one of the best goalies in the game, one of the most disrespected players, I think, in the game yeah. as well, because not of a his, bad, not a bad disrespect. I just uh, underappreciated mm-hmm. because oh. I think I just think people see and and not the true lacrosse minds, but the average lacrosse fan just looks at the way that he stops the ball and he's such an angles goalie that he doesn't move around. He doesn't make the crazy saves that we see Hartley or Del Bianco or even a guy like Warren Hill make. Um, It's so calm, cool, collected, makes those easy saves that need to be made and makes the hard saves kind of look easy sometimes. So he doesn't get the love he deserves. And that's why I agree with you. I think he needs to be in that conversation. And I think if he gets a, a championship this year there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the discussions maybe not for greatest of all time but like in that upper echelon of of uh, a future
0: hall of Famer. um that year you were looking at aaron bold 8.73 goals against playing a thousand minutes uh that was back in 2014 dougie jameson in his goaltender of the year season back in what was that 2017 uh, where was it, it was great podcast again here by the boys uh, he was an 8.8 playing 600 minutes uh, in that shortened 2020 season so uh, he's got some work to do but Nick Rose yeah I- I absolutely phenomenal but you know they did it without Chown Rogers they did it without Mitch yeah, yeah. they're doing it without Chris Corbeal uh, and they now add Greg Downing. We'll get to that, but once this team is fully comprised of all their parts, I definitely think they have a defense that can can limit that Buffalo offense that's getting healthy.
1: Well, we saw the Colorado Colorado Mammoth do that in the finals. Like we uh-huh. saw that, and I think if you look at this team on paper, um, this is a better defense than that. Yes, Buffalo's improved. They've had some different pieces. I think they're probably a a better opportunity, or um, you know, better. They they're a little more balanced. So I think it's going to be a little. Uh, it's going to be a different looking Buffalo offense that we saw um, last year in the finals. But with that being said, this Toronto team I think is built for a championship run. Uh, yep. I think that when the offense gets to the middle of the floor when both the righties and the lefties are swinging it, when the transition game's on fire, I don't know if there's a team that's better from top to bottom. I really don't.
0: You mentioned the Philadelphia loss as they drop a game to New York. Cam Dunkley, who we hear from in a little bit, made 48 saves as the Riptide keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, I think Evan Scheminauer might have mentioned this, uh, or Steven Stamp in one of their articles this week. Do you think Dunkley gets to start again for New York?
1: I think he has to, right? Like I, I, I think he has to. Um, he looked incredible. He looked great. Um yeah. and this is a kid that kind of was thrown into the fire, and <laughs> all this guy does is win a perfect two and O oh on blessed record. <laughs> um you know, I, I, I I'm really excited to see what this New York team can do down the stretch if Dunkerley um can kind of replicate what he what he did. Because I I mean, sure. The defense has has had some issues this year. Um, you know, there's clearly no issues with the offense. Um, but goal consistent goaltending certainly has been an issue with this team in the past. And I think if they can shore that up, I don't know if they're, I think it's too late for them to get back into the playoffs, but at least to see what they could do and maybe make a little bit of a push.
0: Play that well, sport. they're 3-9, and nine, so they're, you know, a couple games out of a playoff spot right now. A few wins and a few losses to teams above them. Uh, they could turn things around, but yeah, I do believe they might be a little too far out of the fire right now. Um, but it was a big opportunity missed for the Philadelphia Wings, who now have Halifax really breathing down their neck. San Diego at Saskatchewan, the Seals finally get 60-ish minutes from one of their starting goaltenders. We talked about Dane Doby getting the 500 club, but that is a huge win for San Diego just to keep the momentum going, keep the positive vibes going around that club. But again, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan almost came all the way back in that game again to steal a victory out of the hands of San Diego, but the Seals were able to hold on. So a big win for San Diego. Saskatchewan just really seems to all have that number for that club. They never give up, but I think that's another crippling loss for Saskatchewan. And you were kind of on the record last week saying that if Saskatchewan lost, we might see some more moves from Derek Keenan trying to go all in. And we saw it with the moving Marshall Palace. Again, we'll get in to some of those thoughts deeper, but um, very interesting how things are playing out in the West Vancouver knocks off Vegas in a massive win we talked about Ryan martell getting five his best performance as a pro um that's a bit of a a stumbling block for Vegas could hurt their playoff chances Vancouver's trying to climb their way out of the basement and we'll talk more about this Vancouver club and thumbs up thumbs down but you know they're playing their best lacrosse that they played in in, in quite some time right now
1: steady solid goaltending does just does so much mm-hmm. for you and i i again a little bit of a a spoiler alert which i won't take too much of your th- thunder for thumbs up but what aaron bold is doing for this team um is injecting confidence and i think that confidence has been something that's been missing for a lot of these guys a lot of mm-hmm. these younger defenders um adam charlambides ryan martell uh you know, I think those are really key pieces that needed the opportunity, but also needed that opportunity to know that they can can yeah. compete at this level. And That's a good point. They got that opportunity, they've taken it, they've run with it. And let's not be let's not be silly here as well. I think once a team kind of loses some expectations and are able to play a little more freely and they're not gripping the sticks. Teams Salt tend to play a little bit better sometimes, too. We see a year after year, once a team's kind of out of it, they find a sense of of relief, and they know that, okay, like, yeah, we know we're not making it, but, boys, let's build something for next year. Let's battle for our jobs here, and I think that's what's happening. And it's almost unfortunate that they might just be a little bit too far out of it because it wouldn't shock me, man. Like, Aaron Bold said it on, on – on lax class this week like he said like this is this is a guy that believes his team can make a playoff push here Mm -hmm. and and at least make things interesting
0: and if aaron bold has belief in the group in front of him you better hope that that group in front of him is riding on that train with him jump on his back if you have to he can carry the weight and if aaron bold can can continually play the way he does and give them a chance to win each and every night um It's going to be good things for this franchise moving forward. And I'm just so happy that Boldy is back in the National Lacrosse League. Sunday, fun day, the final game of the weekend. And holy schnikes, 37 goals. All four goalies played in that game. And somehow Rochester was able to hold on down in the heart of Georgia. They almost blew that game. They almost allowed Georgia to come all the way back. If it wasn't for Ryland Hartley making a save right on the crease right at the end, it probably goes to overtime, and who knows what happens. Say what you want. Sometimes you're going to get in those games, right? Some, it's it's not going to be easy every night, and sometimes you, you're going to have to grind out victories. And and as a team that has championship aspirations, Patty, those are actually big wins when, you, when everything's kind of going against you, like the San Diego game. You know, they had it in control. They allowed Saskatchewan to get back into it. Rochester had that game. They allowed Georgia back into it. But being able to hold on and win those games in the clutch, in those tough moments, really can propel a team to big things. And that's a massive win for the Rochester Nighthawks, who are, are you know, still keeping pace with Toronto and Buffalo.
1: I think this goes to show you like this team is the real deal and they're a team that is, shouldn't be slept on. And and now I think everyone, and at some points this year, I was like, okay, when are they going to come back to life? Or, okay, there's got to be a stretch here where they're, they're going to drop some game. I don't think that's coming, really. They might go on a little two-game skid at some point here, but the drop-off isn't coming. They give up 18 goals and they still find a way to win. I don't care if it's against Georgia. I don't care if it's against a top team. I don't care if it's against friggin' uh, Coquitlam, Adonac's, uh, Minor Bannum. Like, I, I don't care. The <laughs> fact that's- that they were uh, – th- I'm just saying it doesn't matter. The fact that they were able to give up 18 goals and still find yeah. a way to win because people are basically – like, I know there are some takes out there that's saying like, ooh, that's a big red flag. They gave up 18 to Georgia. They still – I don't care. Yeah, that yeah. certainly is concerning, but they found a way to exactly. win. Who cares? They won. There's not more points for winning in a blowout. This is what good teams do. They find ways to win. Hartley left the game a bunch of times, not because he was getting inked, but because he's clearly fighting something. They yeah. mentioned on the broadcast a few times that, you know, he kept getting attention from the trainer. So obviously this was not his best performance, but he still had 41 saves. while probably you know with a nagging injury so put all that aside this team's real they're they are a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs right now I don't think and they'll probably be in that two three seed and if you're Toronto I think you desperately want to get to that number one spot Mm -hmm. because Rochester's given you fits in two games that you've played so far
0: uh, old golf adage. There's no pictures on the scorecard. It's yep. just not how, just how many. And Rochester was able to or yeah, Rochester was able to just have one more and get that win over Georgia. Thumbs up, thumbs down time. Um we talked about Aaron Bold. And I think it's just incredible that he's turning back the clock and really helping this organization find some stability because as you mentioned you can't say enough how vital it is to have a goaltender between the pipes for 60 minutes that not only gives you 60 good minutes, but gives your defense confidence. They know that, you know, they're not going to Bolie's not going to give up a soft one from deep. They're not going to play a, a 30 second or a 28 second shift and have a guy fire one from a tough angle and it go in and deflates the team. Aaron bold has this club believing in themselves and, He believes in himself, and that self-belief resonates through that entire organization and club. And for him to have the ability to not only get back into the National Crossing, but come back to a franchise that he felt kind of did him wrong, and they had a bit of a, a bad follow. And the fact that he's back with them and got them winning and believing in themselves, turning back the clock, it's just such an incredible story. I love it. Aaron Bold is one of my favorite people in the world, uh, and I just absolutely love that. He is having success, having fun. Uh, he's got his dogs on his helmet. Uh, he's, he's just such a, a great personality, uh, a great interview with the boys on lax class this week with Boldy. Um, but thumbs up to him being back in the league and playing some incredible lacrosse between the pipes for the Warriors. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, great guy, great teammate,
1: great ambassador for the sport. Has been through so much adversity over the last couple of years to see him thriving now. It it, it does nothing but but put a smile on your face. And- yeah, and I
0: think I think this, you know, if he continues this way, like I, I don't think they now have to rush um Aiden Walsh. Right. No. Like Walsh can be Boldy's backup for a couple years now and, and let him really groom and, and understand the game and, and grow into that position because They were really throwing him to the fire, and it was hurting his confidence, and it was was really hurting his future because he didn't want to keep seeing Aiden Walsh just get hung out to dry night in and night out. So Aaron Bull not only giving them minutes between the pipes, but also allowing them to slowly bring Aiden Walsh into the National Cross League. Uh, What is your thumbs up? And I absolutely love this one because I already know what it is.
1: (laughs) Spoiler. Um, If you were on Twitter last night or Instagram or maybe even Facebook – you may have saw something come across your page an awesome promotional video shout out to the Saskatchewan Rush because they're dialing it back all the way back and they are going to be tipping their cap to the Syracuse Smash yes that terrible yet Whoa awesome logo it's so bad it's good (laughs) it's so 90s it hurts it's amazing and the jerseys i hope they have the mesh like the netting on the shoulders like they did in syracuse they're from what i've heard i haven't seen them yet but i've heard they are the logo the color scheme the jerseys is just perfect it's awesome we need more throwbacks like this like this is exactly what you know austin and myself and some of the other lax flash crew took on when we were doing those reverse retros a couple years ago yeah like digging deep into the history and shout out to them for finding something and of course yes rush smash the logo kind of fits well um you can do it but
0: i want to see more of this this is awesome i can't wait um I know Vancouver doesn't like to, well, previous regimes didn't like to look way back into their history, but the warriors came out with like a, a San Jose stealth throwback or an Albany fire, uh, Albany attack throwback. Still, I would always love to see them bring back the Ravens, but I agree doing some throwbacks and some retros are always nice. Um, homage to your past and i love the fact that they went to the smash they they could have done the Ottawa rebel they decided not to they went yep. with the smash um like i said a, an ugly terrible logo that i think with that line green of the rush is going to look absolutely fantastic I can't wait. what is your thumbs down mr gregler i actually
1: had a thumbs down in my noggin didn't write it down on our notes and God damn, you stole it right from really? from from me, 100%. So I'm going to allow you to say it. Even though I'm excited yes. for this event, it's currently on my TV right now as we're watching. <laughs> Got a ton of bets
0: in. I only did two brackets this year, but March Madness. Get out it's, of the way. Get come out on. of the way, March Madness. We're in a playoff push. What are you doing getting in the way of one of the best races in the NLL for eight playoff spots. I know you got 60-odd schools that are battling for the number one seed in the nation. But the fact that now, because of you, March Madness, Pat, myself, John, Ashley, Brad, Chantel, we're not on TSN because of March Madness. I get it. They're a big ticket item. They got a lot of people watching. There's a lot of money going involved in March Madness. But you're just getting in the way of what is some fantastic lacrosse. We're still going to see it. It's still going to be there. But it's just taken away from some of the luster of what is going to be an incredible race down the stretch. So thumbs down for March Madness. Always getting in the way of NLL playoff races. Cam Dunkerley has two starts in the National Lacrosse League. He's won both of them. Will he get his third start in his NLL career this year as the Riptide have a massive game on the docket against the Albany Firewolves? And Pat had a great chance to go one on one with the Youngster right here on the Crossbar Podcast. We now
1: welcome on to the show Cam Dunkerley, the two for two man in just his second start picking up his second win of his nfl career. Cam, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh it's going well. It's been a busy week uh mixing in kind of looking back on the film from last weekend and then work this week as well, but yeah, thanks for
1: having me. No worries. It's it's certainly probably been a, a bit of a, a whirlwind for you. Just take us through the process. I know you started uh with the Riptide at the start of the year in camp. You were released kind of sitting by there for a while. Um, How did those conversations start with you coming back to the riptide?
2: Uh, Yeah, so I guess I was released at the beginning of the year, a couple weeks in. They just had a bunch of injury troubles, guys on the holdout list, people all coming back at the same time. And unfortunately, this wasn't a roster spot earlier. Um, So I just went back to the ALL, was getting a lot of reps in there uh and unfortunately it kind of allowed me to watch a lot of games so I was getting to spend a lot of time watching other games in the NLL studying some guys and just took I guess a couple of weeks there to try and get a little bit better and then it ended up happening where I guess Riptide got hit with a couple injuries and Rich and I kind of stayed in contact and fortunately we were able to make it work to get me back out there.
1: You've mentioned film a couple of times I think that is is one thing obviously a lot of goalies take into their game, but how important is studying other shooters across the league for your game?
2: Uh, definitely pretty important. Um, Honestly, when I'm doing film, I do spend a lot of time critiquing and watching myself. Um, I try and perfect little things that I'm doing. So I'm studying what I do on certain plays, what I did wrong, what I did good, what I could do better, that kind of thing. But then of course, obviously seeing what other shooters do as
1: well. I've got to ask, you know, you get that call from Rich to come back. You, you you get the start. What's going through your mind when when you're back in the cage with a team that let you go at the start of the year?
2: Yeah, for me, there was no hard feelings at all. I was going back in, um, just trying to do my best, trying to help the team. Of course, we were in a situation where at the time we were two and nine, and so it was we had really no choice but to win as many games as possible if there was playoff hopes at all. So just went in. I know how to play goalie so I just went in there to try to be myself try to do what I know how to do and um
1: yeah I've got to ask well what's in the water in Orangeville that that makes elite goaltenders because now this is starting to get absolutely ridiculous
2: yeah I mean I don't know it's everybody just kind of builds off everybody it's nice kind of growing up knowing that there's guys from your center that have performed so well, won Mentos, um, made it to the pros, and of course, just have a great track record behind them. So, kind of just having that pride, I guess, growing up behind a lot of those guys that have done it before and following in their footsteps.
1: A guy that you know well from Orangeville, having himself a, a career year, Ryan Hartley. First off, just how great is it to see him, although now on a division rival of yourselves, but how good is it to see him bounce back after his injury, but also, Did that give you a little bit of hope knowing that, you know, a a guy that is from Orangeville, you know, around your age um, is able to have success in the National Lacrosse League pretty early on in his career?
2: Absolutely. I think myself, along with everybody else that knows Ralphie, knew that he was going to be an impact player as soon as he entered the league there. He's a great guy, great goalie. So um, it really was no surprise from anybody that knows him. Um, so it's great seeing him having a great start to the season and uh, his Nighthawks doing well so far. So, yeah, all the best to him and hope they uh, they keep doing what they're doing.
1: What was your biggest adjustment coming into the National Lacrosse League? Because obviously you had a ton of success in junior. Obviously you mentioned um, the ALL and, and how well you played there. But what was the one thing that you really felt that, that maybe you're still working on, still trying to adjust to the pro game um, in the NLL?
2: Well, I was fortunate when I first kind of entered the league. I got to spend some time in Saskatchewan and over there. There's some of the best shooters, best offensive guys in the league. So I got to spend some time getting beat up by those guys for a little bit and them picking corners <laughs> on me. So that got to help me quite a bit, toughen my skin a bit. Um, and I mean... I'm not going to say ease the transition because it definitely didn't ease it, but uh, definitely got me where I am
1: now. For a team that only has three wins right now, um, it seems like the vibe around this club is super high. And that there's a lot of beliefs that, you know, with a couple of wins here, you guys can get back into the playoff push. Is that a, a correct uh assessment of this team because you know from an outsider looking in um seeing guys like riley o'connor fire you guys up uh beforehand uh talking to jeff t talking to your coaching staff just a few weeks ago uh, it seems like there is still a ton of belief in this group and not just for this year but also for years to come
2: i believe yeah i believe that for sure even when i came in um I guess when I first joined the team, since I joined, there was another two losses, but the morale never really changed. Everybody's confident in the group that we have. Everybody thinks that we deserve those wins and we just put our head down, keep doing what we know how to do and what we believe our guys can do. And the wins are going to come.
1: A big one this week against Albany, obviously a team that has struggled this year, uh, but have been in a lot of close games at the same time. But you know your club although you weren't there has had success two wins over them um what's going to be the big difference maker for you guys to come out with a win and and take the season sweep
2: yeah i think we just ride the wave uh keep uh everybody's morale super high i think we keep that going um into next weekend um and then of course like you said we have beat well the team before i was there had gotten two wins against albany so doing our best to kind of just move, move on from that. Keep things going. Um, everybody's doing well, so we just keep doing what we're doing.
1: How good is Jeff T you get to see it firsthand shooting, shooting on you and warm up shooting you on you in practice. Um, the guy's an absolute mute, isn't
2: he? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, when you're standing up there, yeah, you, you think he's going one way, he goes the other. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fun it's a lot of fun kind of getting to witness it and watch it firsthand um when he gets a nice one and everybody starts cheering the other way for you in practice it's not always that nice but uh <laughs> yeah yeah he's great
1: I, I want to shift gears back we already talked a little bit of, about Orangeville but for you as well um 2019 was a bit of a, a different experience for you you head out west play for the Shamrocks and and in the Minto Cup, you're facing off with Orangeville, playing against a lot of teammates, some friends. What was that experience like?
2: It was different. It was different for sure. Um, I got a great opportunity to go to Victoria, so I took advantage of that, and I absolutely loved my experience out there. Um, right from the beginning of the season, I was pretty confident in our group, um, especially with two teams coming out of the West, going to the Mento. I was super confident that we were going to find ourselves at the Mento at the end of the season, and I also had a a really good feeling that Orangeville was going to find their way there. So pretty much from game one, I knew that there was going to be that match with the Minto between us and them. So I was preparing myself for that all season. Um, But it was great. Uh, Like you said, I grew up playing with those guys living down the road from a lot of those guys my entire life. So it was good. Um, It was definitely a different experience, especially being on the losing end of it, it kind of stings, but um, it was a great experience.
1: Do any of your buddies still maybe throw a couple of subtle chirps at you or hang that over your head?
2: You know what? Here and there, but honestly, not as bad as you think, um, <laughs> but, but here and there.
1: That's uh, all right. Well, I, I wanted to also ask, because obviously we brought up uh, all the great goalies that have come through Orangeville, and doesn't even have to be an Orangeville goalie, but when you were growing up um, as a young goaltender, was there maybe one or two goalies that you looked up and, and tried to model your game
0: after?
2: Um, well, honestly, when I was a kid growing up, my family, we had, uh, season tickets for the rock. So they were super cheap back then the whole family, we'd go a couple times a year and watch. And of course, Bob Watson was there at that time and he was great. And I actually ended up being a part of his like retirement ceremony where a bunch of young goalies went on the floor and were a part of this big celebration for his last game. So that was pretty cool. And I looked up to him, uh, as a, as a kid, kid, but then Going up into junior, uh, watching more current goalies, there was, of course, guys. Uh, There's not really specific guys that I idolize, but there's individual and specific things from everybody that I kind of really like, and I try and pick apart their game and bring it back to mine. Guys like Delbs, um, Ward, everybody. A lot of guys, I really like different things that they do, and like I said, I just try and pick it apart and bring certain parts back to my game.
1: The goalie union certainly is strong across the national lacrosse league in, in, in junior ranks. Do you, do you have conversations with, with some, maybe some of the other goalies that you've played with or played against and, and kind of pick their brain or is it more just watching film and, and, and dissecting things that way?
2: Sure. And there, yeah, there definitely are conversations that I have with some guys, uh, both current and former goalies to uh, try and help me out things that they're seeing advice that I'm looking for, but then film, like we've talked a bunch about is definitely huge seeing what those guys are doing. Um, that's working, what's not working and bringing it back to my game. You
1: know, it, it, it really is a unique situation. A goaltender coming into a locker room, you know, more than halfway through the season, obviously you were there in training camp, but is there maybe one or two guys, um, on that riptide team that before you didn't know how good they were until you saw them in game action?
2: Um well of course the easy answer would be Teat. I did get a little bit of time to play with Teat when I was in junior. I was in Brampton for a little bit. So um I played with him a little bit, but of course practicing with him you see a different side. Um and then same with the D guys. A lot of the D guys aren't super big like names uh when you're looking at a roster, but a lot of guys really kind of put in the work. Um, like Jay Thornburg, guys like that putting the work and flying under the radar but they're great guys both in the room and on the floor
1: Cam, this was awesome we really appreciate this chat and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon again, good luck against Albany and good luck of the rest of the way We'll be, uh, we'll be rooting for you buddy yeah, thank you very
0: much, thanks for having me on, really appreciate it All right, there's a great chat with the young Cam Dunkley, obviously still getting used to the media attention that a pro lacrosse player gets. But what was your biggest takeaway from that interview when talking to him?
1: The thing that I really like, and obviously he's going to say it, but, you know, from all the indications of conversations that I've had, um, you know, in that organization, the fact that, you know... He said, there's no hard feelings. And that, you know, he was 1000% okay with coming back to the riptide despite getting cut. And despite him sitting, you know, him playing the ALL and and sitting and watching and and seeing what was happening in between the pipes. Like he could have easily been like, that should be me. And he probably was saying that, but for him to be mature enough to be like, okay, they're calling me up. And for him to go back and take that opportunity, I don't know how many young goaltenders or young players would have, be so humble and uh, to, to, to say, okay, yeah, uh, I'm, I am coming back. I feel like a lot of people would be like, no, I'm not going back. You guys blew it. This is, this is, this is not right. I'm not going to crawl back to you guys. Um, And he did. The other thing that I really loved was the fact that he said, him not playing in the NLL actually allowed him to watch more games Mm. and pick up more tendencies on players. And um, I thought that was really cool. I really did think that was really cool that he used that time away from the NLL to continue to get better and get smarter. Um, He mentioned film so many times in that interview and um, it just goes to show you how, how much this game has, has progressed I mean, you talk to Aaron Bold, you heard him on Lacrosse. He, he watches a lot of film. I think you are a goaltender in this league and you're not watching your film, reading your scout. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to take yourself to that next level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you go and read the article that Adam Levy did on some of the technology and film stuff that teams are using more and more in the national crossing, so you get a really good idea of what's available and, you know, Kurt Miloski said it in that article, and, and I'll echo the sentiments back, you know, in the early 2000s and, you know, 15, even 15, 10, 15 years ago, this equipment wasn't readily available. You had to wait for your team to get the DVD from the other team, and then they had to burn 30 copies and share it with the rest of the team. <coughs> I Thank you. Thank you. And you you had to wait a week, you had to wait till you got back with your team to to watch that film because it wasn't out there. So the fact that these guys can as soon as the game is over, or heck, even what you 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 have instant analysis available for you, mm-hmm. which we see play such dividends in all these other major sports that are able to analyze on the fly. And you can go back and look at what just happened, or you can go back and study certain players like the, the huddle app program that is out there for these teams. You can literally type in a player's name and it will key you every single play that they've done that's been earmarked, whether it's a goal, a save, Mm -hmm. a hit, a loose ball, face-offs, whatever it may be. You can literally break down these films player by player. And for a goaltender or for a D or O coach or whatever it may be, that technology and that ability has taken this game to new heights and it's allowed goaltenders to be more educated and study harder. And that's why you're seeing so many good goalies now. And these young goalies having success because they can start to get books on players. And it was funny. I was talking with Tyler Richards a couple of weeks ago, the goaltender coach for Calgary. And we were just talking about, you know, young Adam Bland and what he's got to do to get better. And he said, I asked Adam, I said, Hey, when you watch film, you know, what do you watch? And Adam said, I I don't really watch film. He's like, you don't have books on guys. You don't have notes on guys. You need to start doing that. If you're going to be a goaltender that has success in the sleep, you have to watch film. You have to get books on guys. You have to know tendencies. And if you're not doing that, you're doing a disservice to yourself. And that's something that I echo to all our kids that we're coaching as we're into main camp now with our junior club, is that if you're not watching games – While you're not with us on the floor, you're not helping yourself get better. And the fact that all this technology is out there and readily available for people to watch and (laughs) review is just allowed this game to grow exponentially.
1: 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself, Doug.
0: Hey, thanks, Pat. Um, All right, week 16, let's dive right into it because there are some dandy games on tap. The NLL is having it as a rivalry. Weekend, every team is in action, and it starts on Friday with two incredible Western games Saskatchewan at Calgary. Will Calgary players ha- actually have their gear? Is oh my have, god, they, <laughs> they were if you don't know this, they were in Colorado last weekend, obviously playing the Mammoth. They all flew home. There, I think some of their players that were going to Vancouver had their flight canceled. Uh, they tried to get their gear, it never showed up. Uh, they've all come home. Many of those guys still don't have their gear. They're hoping that either it gets them in their hometown or it gets to Calgary this weekend. But if not, there could be a lot of mishmash jersey or helmets and gloves and sticks and pads and who knows what gear Christian Del Bianco is going to be wearing. Um, That's going to play a lot into this game, but it's the first of back-to-back games between these clubs. So it is a massive point for both of them as we enter Week 16.
1: It's a huge game for both sides, but I think you've you've got to look at Saskatchewan here as uh, as the game that's even more vital for them. Yeah. They've dropped what three in a row now. There's a lot of rumblings of, of Derek Keenan having a hole burning in his pocket with all these these draft picks. Do we see the move come before? Like it's what Thursday as we record this? Probably not. I'd be surprised if we get a trade at this point now. Um, but if they drop this game, it's Friday. He has yep. all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and what, part of, part of half Monday? Of, what's half, half of Monday. Half yeah. of Monday to decide if he's going to use those draft picks to get better and put themselves back in the race. Or maybe he thinks we're going to hold Pat here and, and not, and maybe he decides to trade some pieces to get yeah. some more draft capital. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing.
0: But what we all know is whenever Derek Keenan – Puts the irons in the fire and puts the potion to work. He can pull off sort of <laughs> done it before. Yes. And I'm sure he'll be able to do it again. Um, and it'd be interesting to see because, like you said, he does have a lot of draft capital over the next few years. He loves stockpiling picks for these types of moments. Um, do they go get a lefty? Do they go get a righty? Um, do they add to the back end? Who knows? But Derek Keenan is a magician when it comes to these moments and we'll have to just wait and see. You're right. If they drop that game on Friday night, uh, it's a huge blow to them. They'd be five and seven. Um, they could get passed by Colorado depending on what the mammoth do in Buffalo. Um, so it will be very, very interesting to see how quickly Derek Keenan picks up that phone. The other game on Friday night, San Diego at Vancouver can Vancouver keep up their hot ways. Um, this is one of the the growing rivalries in the national lacrosse league as these two teams do battle in vancouver
1: and vancouver always plays really well mm-hmm. against against yeah. these guys last year you know they upset san diego in that opener um you know obviously the books as they should has 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 san diego as a heavy favorite um we'll get to it in box bets maybe um yeah. but Money line like minus one thirty eight for San Diego to win the game, plus one ninety for Vancouver to win. Probably wouldn't touch that, but the spread is plus three and a half. Um, That's perfect. Va- which is which is crazy. I, you got to think this game's going to be within at least four goals, right? Yeah, especially
0: um, the way Boldy's been playing and and the way Vancouver's kind of found another gear. But minus three and a half is that's the biggest. Like we've seen a couple of those this year, but it is the yeah, biggest. Albany, Albany year, right?
1: Toronto last year, Toronto was, yeah. or last year, last week was, Toronto was minus three and a half. Like, and that one was pretty, like Toronto was, or um, Albany was covering pretty much the entire game and then, yeah. and then it fell off in the fourth. Maybe we see something similar there. Um, Would not even be, I would not be thinking about, you know, Vancouver to win this game by any stretch of that imagination, but I would hundred percent be thinking this is going to be a close one for at least majority of the
0: game. Five games on Saturday starts with Georgia at Philadelphia, the wings holding on. They only have two more home games after this weekend. How much of a factor does that play in to a club that's trying to stay in a playoff hunt? I
1: think it's, I think it's huge to be honest. Um, if it was a team like Toronto or Buffalo, which actually Toronto doesn't have many home games left, but a team that most of the guys live in market and are driving to games, I think that plays a big factor, but you know, there aren't a ton of guys that are in, in Philly. Um, There are a few, but I I definitely think it's going to play a factor down the stretch, you know, having to hop on the road and um, you know, so for me, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say because then again, they've always been traveling. So it, it yeah. doesn't really feel like a home game. So maybe I actually flip, flip it. Maybe it's actually not going to play a role regardless. I'm sure they'd love to play in front of their home crowd. And um, you know, they got another, is this an, I think it's 11 o'clock yeah, local. It's an early game too. Yeah. Worked well for them last time they did that. Uh, worked did. well for Mitch Jones. So we'll <laughs> see if it
0: helps helps them again. 8 a.m. for us on the West Coast, so set your alarms. The Toronto Rock can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Halifax. Um, This was my burning take last week on Coast to Coast, that if Halifax lost last week, which they did, and they lose this week to Toronto, they would miss the playoffs. So almost must-win situation for Halifax. You'll be there uh, calling that game with your boy Pete Dowdy. But... uh, the Rock and Halifax, obviously one of the best rivalries in the East Conference, but Halifax has to find a way to jump on them early and not let them have any glimmer of getting back into that game.
1: Talked to Mike Cursey this week, and as everyone knows, I hate the term must win, but I asked him, "Is you know, I hate I hate doing this, but is it a must mm-hmm. win? And he goes, it is. It really yeah. is. We're, we're, we're seeing this as the start of our, our playoff run. And also asked him, like, you play two close games against Buffalo. You've got, I think it's like four one, one win losses. Um, How haven't you been able to find a way to win in these close ones? Because let's be honest, probably going to be a close one here in in Halifax against Toronto. And he said it's finding consistency of the offense in these games that they have lost. They've either. The offense has gone quiet late in games or have gone through stretches in the third quarter or they go go to sleep. He said that it just needs to be more of a consistent output throughout the game instead of going on a crazy run for six straight goals and then going quiet for, for, for 10 and then putting on another three and then going quiet. It needs to be a much more steady pace of goals. And I think that's a more, it's um, certainly a more, sustainable way to win lacrosse games so that that's something i'm going to be keeping an eye out and let's be honest uh, another thing toronto out that back door is so fast they can yeah. kill you in transition even if Challen rogers and mitch just are playing like adam j scored last week um yeah. mazuka has a two-game goal streak latrell harris is getting more involved in the transition game with how slow Halifax has been getting off the floor or getting back in reverse transition. Um, They have to figure out a way to sacrifice a little bit of offense here. A couple of seconds left on the clock, start thinking about leaking back, sending guys like Clark Peterson directly back because we know he can play, play some defense, just take away that transition game and and try to turn it into, to kind of like a a half, you know, slow things down, muck it up and, and, and take away the, middle of the game if you will
0: yeah i think they need to kind of take a a book out of teams that play calgary um and really press up the floor as best he can and try to put them in short clock situations you got to run back with guys as best he can but if you can put a little pressure in that defensive zone maybe cause a few turnovers here and there um or you know get them into their offense with 12, 13 seconds left that really kind of limits their opportunity. So it would be interesting to see what game plan Mike Kersey has. But you mentioned this Toronto team, you know, Downing will most likely be in this weekend if they can get Chow and Mitch back. Like, unbelievable. If they had Chris Corbeal, if and when they add him, just an absolute unit out the back end for the Toronto Rocks. So we'll see what they look like in a big game out In the facts, Albany at New York, a Firewolves loss could pretty much lock up the number one draft pick um, as they continue to plummet. But this is a New York team that that is starting to find their groove. Uh, They're starting to play some better lacrosse. Obviously, Jeff Teed is blowing the world away with his points each and every night. Um, Does Albany have obviously Albany has a chance, but I think Dougie would have to play his best game. Uh, to give them that chance, and I don't know, maybe it's Dougie's last game as an Albany Firewolf. Uh,
1: are we sure about that? Are we sure? I really don't think so. I you don't really think don't. Moved? I, I, if he's moving, I think it's in the off season. I, I and I think they really are committed to to keeping him. All conversations that I, it, put it this way, I think I, I don't think it's. Like I wouldn't be shocked if it happens, let's just say that. I think that the, the offer is going to be really big for, for Glenn Clark to have to part ways. Because all indications leading up last week talking to him, he also blamed me for the reason why he was getting so many calls because of our segment on TSN at halftime. <laughs> Barely a bunch of GMs said, Oh, Dougie's available. He is, I didn't know that. <laughs> Conversations were had, and, and I guess us as the mainstream media um fake making news. up fake news is the reason why it happened. No, but in all seriousness, um, they're committed to keeping Dougie um as their goaltender of the future. But with that being said, they'd be crazy not to at least listen to calls yeah. if teams are willing to to part ways with with some key pieces and, and draft picks as we know. They know they're not winning this year, maybe not next year, but they have a pretty young core that they have a lot of faith in. And I think they'd be silly if they weren't to, at least to think about if this could help them down the line.
0: A rematch of last year's championship final, Colorado at Buffalo. Uh, A man with loss could wipe out any chances of a playoff berth. Uh, We talked about, you know, their situation Buffalo can clinch a playoff spot with a win or a combination of a few of the losses from teams in the East. But, you know, this is a massive, massive game for the Colorado Mammoth. I think if they lose this game, you could definitely see some bodies from that Mammoth squad moved. I I think this is a make or break game for them. Um, You know, there's been some rumblings that... Uh, you know, some teams are definitely calling Colorado, looking for some of their bodies. Uh, I mentioned on Coast to Coast this week that that Chris Wardle is a name that's been floated around uh, by a few teams, and, and he could be a guy that's on the move. And the fact that they've got, you know, Ty Thompson there, they've got Dylan Kinnear there, maybe not that Chris Wardle has now become expendable, but a guy that's been there for seven, eight years now. Might be a guy that they move on from from a business decision standpoint uh, if they do lose this game. But if they win it, you know, all things could could change. But I definitely could see Colorado being sellers after this weekend. But It'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. But this Buffalo team, again, just a wagon right now with all their guys back in their roster. Vegas at Panther City. Can the club continue their winning ways or five and two? Since a three-game losing streak back earlier in the year, this is a team that you know we watched them last year go on that push late in the season once Tracy Klusky got them all buying in. This is a team that continues to give a lot of teams problem front to back.
1: They're just uh, they're just such a a well-rounded lacrosse team. Like they don't overwhelm you in too many areas of the game, but they also don't have many weaknesses either they're so well coached and nick day is is just putting together such an unreal season um on the flip side I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what las vegas does after a really disappointing loss um what do we see here what's the pushback um from this group are, are they gonna go back to you know well you know what it was a nice run we had there boys but we're we're an expansion team or do you take this loss do you get off off the mat and the 12-round fighter. That's that's what has been their motto all season long. Do they get off the mat and throw that next big punch in the next round? Um I, I'm really curious to see that. But this, I this, despite being two expansion teams in the last two years, um, this game's gonna be a lot of fun and has a lot of implications on both sides.
0: Yeah. W- whenever we get our next expansion team, I don't think we're going to see. as long as as the expansion is done right and we're not adding like four teams at once or anything like that. I don't think we're ever going to see a terrible expansion team in the future. You know, they may go four and 14 or something like that, but I don't think they're going to be terrible. We're not going to see the Anaheim storms or the Edmonton rushes of years gone by where teams are one 15 or things like that. I think, the, the talent that's out there and the way teams are able to, you know, expansion, draft and trade players uh, to create their rosters. I think we're going to see more and more quality expansion teams and teams doing well in their first couple of years. So uh, another fantastic game between these two clubs. Hopefully down there in Panther City, the fans continue to come out because it just sucks seeing that arena empty. When you got a team that's challenging for a playoff spot. Sunday, fun day again for the second week in a row. Philly's second game of the weekend. They'll take on Rochester. It's crazy to think that there's three games between these two clubs still remaining. Rochester has six games left. Half of them are against Philadelphia. And they're all versus sub-500 teams. You talked about Ryland Hartley and this club going on a bit of a run. They could be 15-3 and three if they go on this run and win six straight
1: it's remarkable it's just remarkable what we're seeing from this team like again um i just feel like i i don't think there's enough respect for for this group and what they're doing and maybe i don't know maybe i'm part of the problem because i keep thinking like okay there's you know they're gonna they're gonna go through a lull here but um again, you you give up 18 goals and you still find a way to win by scoring 19. Just good teams find ways to win. That's what, that's what they've done. They've also had impressive victories. Like they have pretty much won every single way that you can in this league. And uh, I think, again, I think it comes as such a surprise for us because last year they didn't have a great year, but, Again, uh you add one special talent in, in Connor Fields and you have a healthy Ryland Hartley last year. You know, there, there's no reason that they probably put up more wins than they did um, you know, with that that roster that they had last year. Like this is a good team. This is simply Dan Carey, all his hard work uh, finally showing. Um, and it's awesome to see.
0: All right, so that's the action for week 16 in the National Lacrosse League who can go on a heater who can change their fortune well maybe we can because we're on a heater another edition of Box Bets
1: time now for
2: Box Bet, your source for all the lines, odds and props from across the
1: world of lacrosse brought to you by CoolBet.com stay cool, bet responsibly
2: <laughs> hey what happened a good day lads
0: and uh, we're still in the mix, baby. All right, Pat, we won last week. We're back in the swing of things. What do we got now? Again, we we picked
1: up a win. Shout out to the voters. Shout out to the cool better. Shout out to the O C OTCB listeners. And they're keeping it simple once again. Uh, it worked last week. It's going to work again this week, hopefully. San Diego, Toronto, and Rochester. So we're not going to find out. If, if, if we're 2-0, we won't know if this thing wins until the end of the weekend. But the fine folks at CoolBet put a great number together for all three teams to win at plus 385. Sorry, that was last week's. Yeah. That was last week's. My apologies. That was My apologies. That was last week. This week, same thing, though. All favorites. Roughnecks. Riptide. Bandits plus
0: 385. I love it. I love it. What, what are some of the other odds that we're sitting at right now? Because as we close in, like there's, we, we talked about the minus three and a half. Are there any other big outstanding numbers?
1: Well, uh, Rochester, two and a half favorite over Philly Panther city, two and a half favorite over Las Vegas, Buffalo, two and a half favorite over Colorado. And then as mentioned before, the three and a half in San Diego, Vancouver, everything else is just your standard one and a half. But I think this is, this is the, the most that we've seen some multiple numbers for odds in each game. Normally it's just hovering around the one. Sometimes we'll see it too, but um, just kind of goes to show you, there is a little bit of separation right now in the national lacrosse league between the top contenders and the bottom,
0: All right, if you want to get involved in all the fun, head over to CoolBetCanada.com. Check out the Features tab. You'll see the OTCB parlay down there. You click on Play Along or head up to the top, log in, and for that first-time buyers, use that code OTCB, and you can play along with us thanks to our friends over at CoolBet. Again, trade deadline coming up on March 20th. Uh, We'll have a full recap on the show next week. There obviously have been some moves. Albany acquiring Marshall Palace for a second round pick. Toronto acquiring Greg Downing for a second round pick. Uh, We have heard some possible rumblings of Saskatchewan making some moves. We've talked about a little bit. Is there a team out there that maybe is flying under the radar that if they were to get a big win this weekend, you could see them making a move?
1: I don't know if it's under the radar but I think Halifax, I really do. I think Halifax is sitting on their hands right now. If they can pull off a big win against Toronto, I would not not be surprised if they go out and, and make a push here um in the west. You mentioned it. Uh, I okay, I'm going to spoil it anyways. On sure. the coast coast. Spoil. I think Vegas. Like I think if Vegas knocks off Panther City, they're not going to, you know, Mortgage the future for a run here. But I think if they're able to acquire another veteran piece on the back end or a guy with some playoff experience, I think what we should be watching for is Colorado loses in Buffalo, Las Vegas wins in Panther city, not be shocked. If Wardle ends up um, in Vegas, just with the fact mm. that Sean Williams is is a huge fan of his game. Yeah. He's a guy that yeah. he was hoping he was going to be able to keep in the expansion draft um, or get in the expansion draft, I should say yeah. um, wouldn't be surprised there that ha- I, that has nothing to do with rumblings or what I've heard. That's just an idea from this stupid brain. And I think <laughs> it would be awesome for Vegas to get another veteran in that locker room.
0: Uh, I could see Wardle going there. I could see Wardle going to Sask to give them another lefty. But again, the way Clark Walter played this past weekend, I think that kind of maybe closes the door on them going after lefty, but, Wardle in Vegas, that would be a, a real treat. Uh, reuniting him with Greer and, and Rooster, um, that would be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm sure that pale white skin of his would love the hot, hot heat of Las Vegas. <laughs> um, anything else going on in your world? You guys start junior practices yet?
1: Yeah, we, we're at our weekly practices right now at the I Heads, um, running every Thursday um you know getting excited we're 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 still about you know a month and a little bit away from from season um you know the beaches i think they start up their runs in a little bit so we'll have some trickle down effect from them um interesting year though for both clubs obviously they graduated a ton of guys but still have you know they should be a promising team um but i think we're going to be really young this year um but i think we're going to be really talented and really athletic how About yourselves,
0: I know you guys were uh, running are running. We are going twice weekly. We are into our main camp already. Um, uh, we've been going since January. Um, and it, it's the talent we say this all the time, you and I, and, and all the other guys that are coaching. The talent that continually comes in and, and the preparation these young kids are doing each year just continues to impress me each and every year. And you know, our, our Junior A team lost, I think we lost like s- 15 guys or some s- a stupid number off our Junior A team last year. So that's going to kind of lead to a lot of guys off our Tier 1 team getting the opportunity to play Junior A. But I think, you know, pat ourselves in the back, we've got four of the best goaltenders in the entire country right now at, at both levels. Any of our four could be a Junior A starter a- anywhere. In the nation right now so it's it's a real exciting time for our group you know we're obviously going to be making push for the minto we're making a push for the founders so um you know like you we kind of got to see where the junior a club ends up to see who falls down to us at the junior b level Uh, but hopefully we can see a shamrocks iron head founders cup final we still got to get that done just to have bragging rights absolutely i I think it's out in bc this year if i'm uh, not yeah yeah. so that'd be all right just uh they were unsure if they were going to give poco an automatic bid um into the founders or if they were going to take the top two teams from bc but unfortunately they did vote and they are giving poco who are hosting the founders the auto bid so only one team from bc will make it but other team from bc will make it but that just makes the competition that much more interesting as the season gets underway. And I think our junior B season starts in a little, maybe like a month and a half already. So um, it's a busy time of year, March madness, golf, NLL playoffs, junior lacrosse, getting started, NBA basketball playoffs, NHL basketball playoffs. It's Molly Jenner's birthday today. I don't know why she's got so many people blocked. I apologize to all (laughs) the people out there. who, For some reason, my mother is blocked on Twitter. I don't think she did it intentionally. I don't even think she knows how to block people, Um, but uh, a great time to be alive in the world of sports. Thanks to Cam Dunkerley for stopping by and giving us some time. And hopefully he gets to start this weekend as the former Victoria junior product uh, is having some success in the national lacrosse. I got to give a big shout out to my boy, uh, Ado Solomon who got into his first national lacrosse game, national lacrosse league game over the weekend. Um, it's one of the great joys of a coach to have the ability to coach a young player from their minor lacrosse into junior and see them achieve their dreams and goals of getting drafted. But then when they get that first game in and the smile on their face and talking to their parents, it's such a rewarding moment. And, and I really love that moment for Aiden and Ado. and he, he had a great game. He, I said to his mom, I said, I didn't really notice him much but that's because he didn't make any mistakes. And she was like, yeah, I texted him after the game. And I said, well, at least he didn't cost your team any goals.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So
0: it's such a cool, it's such a cool experience. And have you had any guys that, you know, you've coached from a young age that are now in the NLL yet? Yeah. I mean, there, there've been, you know, well, I guess you got a bunch of eye heads, but like guys that you coach, like from like Pee Wee or, or so. That. So unfortunately, you know, I
1: haven't really had the opportunity to coach any, any minor lacrosse. It's pretty much just all been through, um, through junior. So, so yeah. not really no. but uh, I know what you're saying though. Like, um, there's nothing better than to, to see the growth of, of these players through, through the ranks and, and to see it come to fruition and, um, you know i i I was a big fan of uh solomon's game at at the uh mental cup Mm -hmm. i really like what i saw there i know you gave me a heads up about him and he left he lived up to the the expectations for sure so um that guy's got a a, you know a bright future and to go back on the uh the the, that old adage like for a defenseman like if you don't get noticed it's probably a good thing and uh um, definitely want to hang your hat on that. If, if that's the style of defender that you are, but uh, congratulations to him uh, on making his debut. It's his first game and certainly won't be his last.
0: Didn't you guys have a, a beach guy that played his first game this week?
1: Yes, Corson Keeley. He yeah. uh, he played his first game. He was not an Ironhead Beaches kid. He's from, from Ottawa, which actually oh, is right. awesome to see. How, like Even in that game alone, four guys from Capital Lacrosse. Um, yes,
0: shout out 6-1-3, Lax.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see the growth there. But yeah, uh, Keeley scores his first goal in his first game. He's a great kid. Um, he, he's a guy that you know loves the game, um, has been working hard for this for, for a little while. I think drafted a couple of years ago, RMU products, surprise, Canadian down there. Um, but he's he he's a kid that I think is gonna find a, a good split place here in, in mm-hmm. Albany. Um, and uh, you know, sky's the limit for him.
0: Every team is in action this weekend in week 16. It all starts Friday. Sask at Calgary, San Diego at Vancouver. Don't forget, hop over to Cool Canada, join in the OTCB parlay. And if you go to the game, take a friend. If you take a friend, take two. If you take some friends, buy them a beer. Beer, friends, lacrosse. It is the perfect combination. Until we speak again, stay safe and be excellent to each other. I am an
2: outball.